How's it going, everybody? Thank you so much for listening to the podcast version of my radio show, Famous Dead People, the only show that resurrects famous people from the grave and asks them all the hard questions. If this is the first episode of Famous Dead People that you've ever heard, welcome to the show. I hope that you find it hilarious and informative. Uh, you might notice that sometimes it sounds like it's actually a radio show. That's because Famous Dead People originally airs as a radio show on Radio Free Brooklyn. So when you hear me say things on the show that sound more like radio things, that's the reason why. You're about to hear the episode where I interview Nikola Tesla, played by comedian John Bander, and King Henry VIII, played by comedian Nick Canellis. If you like the show, you want to shoot us an email, or you want to hear an interview with your favorite Famous Dead person, hit us up at FamousDeadPeopleShow at gmail.com. We love hearing from fans, and we'll try to get your favorite dead person on the show as soon as possible. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast, rate us five stars on iTunes. That shit helps us out a ton. Tell your friends about us, etc., etc. And in the meantime, enjoy Nikola Tesla and King Henry VIII only on Famous Dead People. Famous Dead People. It's time. Time to start the show. Famous dead people. People you know. Famous dead people. Famous dead people. The story stuck in the head. It's gonna be awful for me, even though all these people are dead. My first guest today on Famous Dead People is an inventor, engineer, physicist, and futurist. Please welcome to the studio Nikola Tesla. Mr. Tesla, thank you so much for joining us today. Hello, thank you for having me. Now you have um you have this incredible career mm-hmm. in electronics and engineering. You're hugely inf- influential in the world of electricity. Guilty. Uh, and uh, after you pass away, your work sort of falls into obscurity a little bit. Mm-hmm. But then in the '90s, there's this surge of interest in you and all you've accomplished, and now you're a household name. Uh, could you hazard a guess as to where this renewed interest in you and your work comes from? Sure, absolutely. Um, there was an episode of news radio that was about the the radio station mm-hmm. had to change um the um their uh, their electricity and they decided mm-hmm. to use they were deciding between direct current and alternating current. This is an episode of News Radio? Yes. With News Dave radio. Foley? Uh-huh, yes. Okay, and they were trying to decide between AC and DC for their television for their news station absolutely yes really yes so Hmm. they it was very funny i'm Mm. not going to describe it funny but okay it's hilarious you know Mm -hmm. um there's a lot of hijinks people couldn't tell you know everyone kept falling down and um people they were shocking each other Mm -hmm. they were saying what would feel better and then uh, they liked the alternating current better. Mm-hmm. So, well, it's my, it's my then, understanding that we're all using alternating current today. I didn't even know that it was possible to try to power like a building with direct current anymore. See, this is what um, one of the characters in news radio said. Mm-hmm. I didn't know it was possible. Mm-hmm. And then they went into the whole war of uh, the war of currents. Yes, yes, the um, famous war of currents between uh, your company and Thomas Edison. Yes, um, so. You know, but they described it in terms of uh, hot dogs and hamburgers, and oh, okay. so it was very funny and very American. Mm-hmm. I liked it. Yes. <laughs> I'm glad you enjoyed our uh, our news radio show, sir. It's very funny. Oh yes. yeah, it's a good it's a good sitcom. Mm-hmm. You know, people talk about it. Uh, so you grew up in the Austrian Empire, what we know today as Croatia, and yes. according to your biography. You originally develop an interest in electricity from your physics professor. Uh, you say that electricity was this mysterious phenomena and that you want to know more about it. Can you tell us a little bit more about that professor and like how you came to that discovery? Sure, absolutely. That uh, his professor, uh, his name was uh, Neff. Neff. Neff Roldblum. Neff Roldblum. And he okay. was uh, very, um, you know, I was. He was very mysterious. He wore a cape. And, oh, he uh, was mysterious. He, I liked him. You know, I thought mm-hmm. physics was mysterious, but also he was mysterious. Okay. He wore a cape, and every time he wanted to show us some p- property of um, electricity or of, of, magne- of magnetic fields, he would always um, bring his cape up to his shoulder mm-hmm. and then throw it back behind him with a grand gesture. Oh, wow. Yes. Uh, and, um, and I always thought, well, that... That, I loved that. You know, I thought, mm-hmm. oh, that's exciting, both on a personal level and intellectually, because it's 
you know, I'm learning how things work. Also, my body was changing. You yes, know, I was young. Mm -hmm. And, of course, I had all these feelings that I couldn't explain, which are, you know, chemicals and, yes. and sexuality. Mm -hmm. And uh, I had all these thoughts that I couldn't process. And then here was this guy who could, in fact, uh, you know, understand these forces and tell me how to understand them. So I thought it, it was um wonderful and then of course we when we got together it was even better you know mm -hmm. when you say you got together oh yeah with my professor yes do you mean um when you started to learn from him no when we started to have sex with each other oh i'm sorry so you had an intimate relationship with this uh physics professor yes with yes. um i'm sorry Neff. his name neff neff roadbloom neff neff roadbloom you know in on the weeks during the week it was uh it was mr Road Bloom mm -hmm. and uh, Mr. Tesla, and on the weekends it was Nicola and Neff. Mm, I understand. Um, wow. I mean, do, do you feel like um, it was your interest in physics and electricity was aided by this relationship? Like, as you would be together intimately, like, would would that connect to you in the subject matter that he would be teaching you? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Like, um, you know. It's the idea that things that you didn't know were possible mm -hmm. because I remember one day he was trying to tell me about induction mm -hmm. and I thought, I do not understand. This does not seem possible. Mm -hmm. And to show me what, you know, the, that things that you didn't know were possible... He took his hand, which was currently on my, you know, my penis, my okay. genitals. Yes. And he took two fingers and he put them into my anus. Oh, okay. And I was like, I don't like... And then I saw what he was doing. Mm -hmm. And I said, well, that doesn't seem possible. And he said, well, induction doesn't either, but there you go. So I just want to clarify the story that... Your physics teacher, who you were having an affair with while you were in high school, Neff, Neff, explained induction to you by massaging your genitals with one hand and sticking two fingers up your butthole with the other. Well, he explained, yeah, uh, yes, but he explained the concept of something that you didn't think was possible. Mm, okay, being in fact real, but you just didn't know how to describe so it. So you at the time didn't think it was possible for someone to put two fingers up your butt while you were being jerked off? I I just didn't see the pleasure in it. I didn't understand oh, okay. the yep. um the 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 prostate how it would be enjoyable. You didn't yeah. understand that. Okay. Well, I didn't understand the 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 uh, the um the the prostate ejaculation mm -hmm. and the strength of it until yes. You know, I had been taught yes. by my teacher, and thank God. Uh, for those of you who are just joining us, that is Nikola Tesla explaining mm -hmm. the pleasure of having your prostate massaged. Now, uh, in school, your gifts for math and engineering were recognized uh, almost immediately. Uh, but I understand you also developed a bit of a gambling problem while you're there, which I find ironic because, you know, you have such a good mind for math. You would think that you would, of all people, understand the statistical pitfalls of any kind of gambling game. Yes. you. I mean, I understand that, but mm -hmm. um, gambling is an addiction. As they say, the pleasure is to play. Mm -hmm. yes. it, I, I know that you could lose, but at the same time, you could also win. And, and I, I liked winning, you know, mm -hmm. winning mm -hmm. and domination. And mm -hmm. um, I really like that kind of stuff. That uh, So even though I was aware of the possibilities... I knew that getting into that into that world, into that dark world, was so fun, mm -hmm. you know? And so... Did you um, ever have a system, maybe? Like, you, you could use your incredible brain to try to devise a system where you would only win? I had, yes. I had this, um, well, two things. One is I, I counted cards, obviously, but it okay. didn't work. Mm -hmm. And then um, the other thing is I developed this little, you know, on like a sleeve, you know, a long sleeve shirt. You mm -hmm. have like a long shirt. Well, I developed this little um, device that would eject out of my shirt and it would shoot lightning. 
It would shoot lightning. Yes. So, so you developed. I, I assumed it was going to like shoot a an, an ace into your hand or yes. something. But so so your idea for cheating and gambling was to shoot lightning out of your sleeve. Well, it yes, it okay. would shoot lightning yes. onto the wall. Okay. A small bolt, you know, mm-hmm. not not a, some gaudy Nothing big crazy. bolt. Yes. yes. Not not like Raiden, you know, mm-hmm. or anything like that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Something small. Yes. And so then I would say, look over there. There's a little s- smoke mm-hmm. and fire. And everyone would look over there. And I would use that time to take to find an ace mm-hmm. in the deck. Yes. And put it in my hand. Now, I understand that, you know, you lost a lot of money gambling. Yes. But then you yes. won some of it back, paid back your family. Mm-hmm. I, I have to ask, was it the lightning bolt that changed your fortune? Was using the lightning bolt what enabled you to pay your family back the money that you lost? Yes, yes, mm. but mostly, um, yeah, um, it was, you know, people didn't know how to harness it at the time, and so mm-hmm. they really believed, oh, look, hey, look over there, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, and so it was it was helpful, absolutely, uh, yeah, and then I, I, I paid my family back, and, uh, you know, a lot of relationships that had been destroyed mm-hmm. uh, started to be mended. In that way. Mm. Yeah. Uh, now, I read that in school you developed a habit of working from 3 o'clock in the morning mm-hmm. until 11 o'clock at night. Is yeah. that true? Yes, absolutely. You were only sleeping for four hours. Yeah. Well, um, I, you know, I didn't like to sleep. So, at, uh, tell me again my hours. <laughs> from 3 a.m. until 11 p.m. at night. Right. Yes, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, so... I would, I would work because my mind was always active, you know. Mm-hmm, of course. And the teacher would work um, school hours, so he had to be in at six a.m. or something. Yes. So you know, we would fool around, you know, between you and your physics professor would fool around. Yeah, Ref from Neff. I'm Neff. sorry, Neff Rodbloom. <laughs> yes. You'd get up at three a.m. so that you could fool around with your professor before going to school. Yes, we mm-hmm. would fool around um, from about three to five. Mm-hmm. And then we would both, you know, um, clean ourselves, scrub ourselves, <laughs> and then we would always kiss. And the key it was always mm-hmm. eye contact and always saying, you know, you mean a lot to me. Oh, wow. Well. I wouldn't say I love you because, mm-hmm. you know, it's just so pedestrian and we're two men of science. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And also, you know, that kind of thing was forbidden at the time. Yes, of course. So, well, so I'm so surprised that this relationship has gone undiscovered in all these years. Like you're such an iconic figure in history mm-hmm. and we have this renewed interest in you. And yet we found no evidence that this affair existed. Well, you know, I wrote about it, mm-hmm. um, but I uh, changed my name to um, Guy Jack. To Guy. So there's a book, like a diary? Mm-hmm. The diary by a man named Guy Jack. That's actually your affair with your physics professor. Yes, it's called Sex with Tichi, <laughs> and it Sex with Tichi. Yes, by, that's the that's the English translation by um, Guy. Sorry, what was the name again? Guy Jack. Guy Jack. All right. Now, was this book ever published, or is there any way that we could we can find this? Well, I was on an overseas voyage, and I. Um, you know, I wrote it, and it was stormy, and I felt that was the way to do it. Mm-hmm. And then one day it fell overboard um, and uh, went to the bottom of the sea, much like the um, the necklace in, in Titanic. Titanic yes, yes, of course. Um, and so <laughs> I, I, I hope someone finds it. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, if they do, come to me first. <laughs> I understand. Yeah. Oh, that is that is fascinating. I mean, there's 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 no record then. The only possible record of your affair with your physics teacher when you're growing up as was is now lost into the ocean. Well, you know, I thought about writing it again, but uh, it didn't come up really until uh, um, I was uh, very old, and then I was going to write it, and I sat down on my desk, and I died. Mm. Oh. 
Oh, I understand. So they had a heart mean? attack. Oh, yes, of course. Yeah. Here in, in New York City. <laughs> <laughs> that is correct. Yes. That actually leads really nicely to my next question, because uh, after school you moved to France mm-hmm. and uh, and then to New York to work for Thomas Edison mm-hmm. uh, as an electrical engineer. And I know that your relationship with Thomas Edison is... Concrete a, a, jungle a, where dreams are made. <laughs> that is true. That is New York. I like that song. So your relationship with Thomas Edison is a little strained because of some of his business dealings. Yes. Uh, can you tell us a little bit more about what it was like to work for Thomas Edison? Well, it was uh, very difficult. Thomas um, was a very difficult man. Mm -hmm. Um, He he was very exacting, and he, you know, he had a... It's true, he had a lot of... He he was mean to me because Mm -hmm. he saw in me a potential, you know? Yes. I was always... He was always very direct. He was always going two places in a straight line, mm-hmm. and I was always zigzagging mm-hmm. and sort of alternating uh, the yes. direction that you would be going yes. in. Yes, alternating so the just, ways. Uh, so you're saying that Thomas Edison was a much more direct person, and you were a much more alternating person. Yes, okay. he would start doing something and then finish it. Yes, I would start doing something, jump to something else. Then jump back to that thing, mm-hmm. then back to something else. Yeah, and I just I think, you know we're, we're we're clarifying that he was a very direct yes. person. You're an alternating kind of I person. I was um, a little bit country, and he was a little <laughs> bit rock and roll, uh, in the way America might understand it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, also um, he would always eat um, Thomas's English muffins. Mm-hmm. And he would always call around saying, hey, look what I'm eating. I'm eating me. I'm eating my English muffin. And I would say, Thomas, this is not your English muffin. Mm-hmm. And he would say, yes, it is. And I'd say, no, it isn't. He'd say, yes, it is. And he would eat it. And he did that joke every day. I could see how that would be grating after, yes, after a while. Yes, after a while, I started dreaming about it. I started sleeping. And, 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 you know, even in my few hours of sleep that I had, mm-hmm. you know, before messing around with the professor. Oh, so your professor is in America now with you in, yes, in New yes. York. I mean, he was no longer uh, Professor Neff Rollbloom. He mm-hmm. was just Neff, mm-hmm. you know, my my sex man. Your sex man. Yeah. Uh, I just, I, I, I'm, I'm, I can't believe that this is a part of your life, that he continues to, to live with you and stay with you and that you two remain, to, uh, remain intimate with each other yes. at well, this stage of your life. Well, for his safety, we had a, an arrangement. Um, mm-hmm. If you've ever seen the, the movie The uh, Silence of the Lambs, mm-hmm. he was in a, a little... Well, he was in a thing? hole. Yes, a hole. Was he? Well. Was he your prisoner, Nikola Tesla? Oh no, this was for his safety at the time. This kind of. But thing did he like... wish to not be in the hole? Oh, when I got home, he came out of the hole. Okay, sure. And then he got the lotion. You know. <laughs> okay. Yes. Um, that's all. That's it... a pretty strong parallel between this situation and the movie Sounds of the Lambs. I... You know, you tell one person and they tell two people and mm-hmm. then all of a sudden it gets to a screenwriter. And uh, I see. Yes. It's an age of uh, tales all this time. Nothing uh, of mine was not stolen. <laughs> like everything I have. Mm. Uh, once again, if you're just joining us, this is Famous Dead People on Radio Free Brooklyn. And we are speaking with acclaimed electrical inventor of the early 20th century, Nikola Tesla. Uh, so in 1885, uh, you tell Thomas Edison that you can redesign his motors and his generators and make them more efficient. And he says he's going to give you $50,000 if you can do that. And you do That's it. right, yes. And then he says, I was just kidding about that, about the money that I was going to give you. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And so that must have been extremely frustrating to hear. Well, it's terribly frustrating. Two mm-hmm. reasons. One is, obviously, at the time he's doing it, he's eating one of those goddamn He's, he's eating English a muffin muffins. while yeah. this is happening. Yes. Sitting there with the butter melting on it, mm-hmm. going into, you know, the nooks and the crannies. And he's saying, oh, you just don't understand our sense of humor. Yeah, our, our American sense of our humor. Our American sense of humor. And he laughed. And I thought this was <laughs> such an insult because I grew up on all kinds of comedy. Mm. Oh, did you? Yes, absolutely. I was a big student of comedy. Mm. Who, um, were the, who were the comedians that you enjoyed at the time? Uh, there was Barlock Snitz. Barlock Snitz. And Barlock, he did this thing where he would, he had this mouse and he would put it on a stool mm-hmm. and there would be little... Um, 
there'd be a little like raised area on the stool so he, so the mouse wouldn't fall off the stool. And he would ask the mouse a question. He'd say, he'd say, uh, who do you love, mouse? Mm-hmm. And the mouse would squeak and everyone would laugh and he would smash the mouse Whoa. with a sledgehammer. Mm-hmm. He was like uh, Gallagher. Okay. The Ga- yeah. We call him the Gallagher. Okay. Of, yes. Of um, uh, the Austrian Empire? Yes. Okay. Austria, Gallagher of, <laughs> of the Austrian Empire. But you mm-hmm. see, whereas you had a surplus of watermelons, we mm-hmm. had a surplus of rats. Okay, that makes sense. And yeah. so that is what is smashed. Mm-hmm. You know, but we still had the tarp in the front row. Did you, um, did you explain any of this to Thomas Edison when he said you didn't understand humor? I tried to. I tried to tell him. Um, but... Mm-hmm. Uh, he wasn't, he wasn't, uh, he didn't, he did, he's not a comedy guy, you know, mm-hmm. like me. I loved uh, all those guys. Mm-hmm. I loved uh, the, the cutting humor of uh, Bill Schnapp Roy. Bill Schnapp Roy, Bill another Sch- Austrian Empire comedian? Yes, absolutely, okay. yes. He, uh, I mean, he, just the way he talked about um, monarchy mm-hmm. was like, you know, <laughs> it was amazing. Would you say he was maybe like the your John Stewart of oh, the Austrian Empire? Yes, absolutely. Okay. But like yes. Um he was like our John Stewart, but not as Jewy, <laughs> you know. So I like that too. Mm-hmm. Um We are talking now to Nikola Testa, a big comedy fan, which oh, uh, huge, did not know. realize. So so for him to tell me mm-hmm. I don't get this American joke, which is just lie. Yeah. Just, I'm going to pay you. I'm not going to pay you. you yeah, know? that's not a very good that's joke. That's not a very good joke. Now, mm-hmm. you know, you smash an animal in the middle, good joke. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I but, can see that. Yeah, but hmm, that's not a joke. And mm. and I needed that money because I had a big uh, poker game that night. Oh, so, so you were still gambling at this point in your life? Absolutely, yeah. Oh, uh-huh. okay. Oh, yeah. Gambling, it's, it's an addiction. Mm-hmm. You know? Yes, of course. Um, but I, I mean, I read in your biography that you felt after your... Uh, major losses, and then you repaid your family. That that was all you needed from that passion. That you stepped away from gambling. But you're saying that you continued to gamble. Yes, I know. I wrote that definitively. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. But that's not true. Okay. No, I trust me. I know <clears throat> me. Yes. And I'm telling you. Okay. No, what, I believe you. What I, just, I wrote about me is mm-hmm. not true. I just I wanted to clarify. Sure. Absolutely. Uh, so you resign from you know Thomas Edison's company immediately. Immediately, yes. you start your own company, but then you're forced out of your company. You you have trouble finding work. You have trouble starting a new company. You eventually become a literal ditch digger to yes. help pay the bills. Yes. Is this the worst part of your life, Nikola Tesla? Definitely the low part. Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. Well, I often would get in the ditch that mm-hmm. I dug and cover myself with dirt. You would bury yourself mm-hmm. with dirt. Was this like a, 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 an attempt at suicide? A lot, yes. Oh, wow. But, you know, people would come dig me out mm-hmm. because they'd see me. You know, it's a slow process to cover yes. yourself in your own yes, dirt. Of so they'd say, well, and I mean, you're surrounded by other ditch diggers. Yes. They're oh, very good obviously. at removing dirt. Yes, they're yes. incredible. Yeah. As f- fast as I could get it in, mm-hmm. they got it out much. F- also, they'd say, what are you doing? You're... You're just making extra work for us. They, you know, and then they would would beat me up, and mm. it was you know so a bad, a bad bad time. I can understand. Um, also, um, Neff left me. He left you around this time as well. Yes, absolutely. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah, apparent. Yes, apparently he didn't like how he was being treated with being uh, kept in a in a hole in your house. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. Me too. Mm-hmm. I, I was like, well, 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 you know, I. I didn't, you know, I'm a ditch digger. I like holes. <laughs> In fact, it's my favorite Disney movie. Mm-hmm. Holes? Yes. Oh, okay. You know, I think That's highly a, uh, underrated. underrated classic. Absolutely. Right. And I think Shia's peak, mm-hmm. total peak. Uh, Pete Young, you know, what can you do? Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that your, uh, your relationship with your professor ends, that you're still gambling. Yes. Uh, but you do eventually find new backers and start your own company, Tesla Electric Company. Yes. Uh, where you develop the alternating current system. Yes. That we still use today. Is that satisfying to know that something that you created is still with us today? Yes. Yes. I, you know, uh, uh, I'm just so happy that, it's, look, things went bad. And, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, that hurt a lot. And, and, and being cheated out of... When the, the better product 
fails, mm-hmm. not because of its merit, but because of politics or money mm-hmm. or, or you know competition, especially to lose competition. I'm a competitive guy. Mm-hmm. Um, that was hard, but to know that it's still here is is great. Mm-hmm. Like I mentioned, I think one of my favorite things. I mean, I mentioned. I know I mentioned. Uh, Raiden earlier, but to mm-hmm. know that games like Mortal Kombat run on your electric electrical current. system, yeah, mm-hmm. you know, I think the first time I see the like that like goopy red blood fall mm-hmm. out of someone on Mortal in the game on, Mortal in Kombat, the game Mortal Kombat mm-hmm. and fatalities, mm-hmm. oh my god, and it's all because of your system. It's so cool, mm-hmm. you know. Like I like what people are doing with it, and to see even from then to like. Babalities, animalities. Mm-hmm. Um, These are different versions of finishing moves in yes. the game Mortal Kombat. Yes, so you beat up the guy, right? This person, man or woman, mm-hmm. which is again a new thing, or <laughs> robots. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you, and then eventually a, a voice from somewhere say, "Finish him," mm-hmm. and the person sway around in mm-hmm. circle, in circle. I don't want to um, um, uh, interrupt, yeah. but I mean, there are probably a lot of people that that know the game Mortal Kombat. Oh, okay. You, know, you don't need, necessarily need to go into it. I'm sorry, you're that right. Step. Anyway, there are <laughs> lots of different kinds of fatalities, <laughs> and um, I like Scorpion myself, mm-hmm. but. You know, he fights Sub Zero, and sometimes that's what me and Edison felt like. Oh yeah, Scorpion and Sub Zero. Yeah, you're so similar, and yet, you know, you're you're mortal enemies. Absolutely, mm, I can see that. Mortal combat enemies. Mortal. <laughs> yes. So um, while you were alive, uh, you spoke at length about this death ray that you had yes. invented. That you say. Do people could... know about reptile? What, on Mortal Kombat? Yes. I think so. I okay, mean, everybody knows. Well, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of... Do they know Noob Saibot? I think so. Okay, you know, okay, then I just I'm not as sure. big of a fan of Mortal Kombat myself, but I'm assuming that that information is out there. All right, just, you know. okay. <laughs> so, um, so, as I said, while you were alive, you spoke about how you had invented this death ray yes. that could, and I'm quoting you, uh, quote, bring down a fleet of 10,000 enemy airplanes at a distance of two hundred miles but when you died people went through your belongings no death ray or plans for death ray was found did you actually invent a death ray nikola tesla yes okay I did actually invent the death ray all right so where are the plans where where are the where where is the um the model for this well um i on that same sea voyage mm-hmm. where i lost the um the diary mm-hmm. i also lost the death ray you so um so you bring the death ray from france yes on a boat to america yes with the physics professor that you were having an affair with yes and the book that you wrote about the affair yes and you lose both the death ray and the book on this yes boat ride do you know what was written on the death ray what was written on the death ray guy jack Oh, so oh, that is the the pseudonym that you wrote your your um your memoirs yes. under. So you wrote the name Guy Jack on the death ray, so that people would assume that Guy Jack would. would did you want people to put the pieces together and figure out that it was you? I hoped so. Yes. Oh, but, so this was a roundabout way of coming out of the closet for yourself. This was my message in a bottle. Yes. I see. This was me come. This is as close to. Um, coming out of the closet as it was then. You throw something at the bottom of the ocean and you hope somebody finds it. Well, Nikola Tesla, is there any part of you that is, I don't know, disappointed in humanity that we haven't put these pieces of the puzzle together yet, that we haven't found both the death ray and the journal at the bottom of the ocean? Yes, uh, yes, I am. Also, um, I am disappointed in the lack of death rays. In just that we don't have a lot of death rays? Well, because, yeah. You guys, there are a lot of healing lasers, you know? Mm-hmm, There's yes. like, you could get a laser to like fix your eye, mm-hmm. or you could get like... There are a, surgical lasers, There are surgical course. lasers, yeah. Mm-hmm. And there are like lasers that like read information, mm-hmm. but there's not a single, like, you, you guys shoot lasers into people's eyes mm-hmm. and you heal. Why? So, so Nikola Tesla, you are upset that we don't have more harm-inducing lasers? Yeah. 
Yeah, mm. the, the writing's on the wall. It's like the first thing you would think of. Mm. And yet, all of you are like, oh, you know, I don't know. How do we do it? I knew how to do it. Mm. I'm su- the fact that this world isn't a flaming hellscape <laughs> of, um, of, you know, of, of an inferno of, of laser beams mm. is, uh, is crazy. Though, mm. I will say, it might be going that way oh, okay. because of something that I love, which is the alt-right. <laughs> Nikola Tesla, fan of comedy, um, homosexual relationship with his physics teacher, a big alt-right fan. Well, you know why? And, and why? Because they're alternating. Because... <laughs> I don't like the direct Nikola right. Tesla... Thank you so much for being with us here today. We're going to take a short break, but when we come back, we'll be talking to King Henry VIII. Stick around. Dusty. Famous dead people. Famous dead people. Hey, everybody. Just want to take a quick break to remind you to subscribe to Famous Dead People on iTunes or on whatever app it is that you're using to listen to this show. Uh, If you're so inclined, rate us five stars. Leave a comment. You could tell us how much you love us or hate us. I love constructive criticism. Uh, That stuff helps us out a ton. Tell your friends about us. Get your friends to listen to Famous Dead People. I would really appreciate that. And uh, hit us up at FamousDeadPeopleShow at gmail.com if you want to shout some criticism into my electronic face or if you want to hear a specific Famous Dead person on this show. I want to hear from you guys. I want to hear that you're listening. I want some feedback, damn it. Uh, so yeah, lastly, if you really like the show and you want to send us some money to help keep us on the air, go to RadioFreeBrooklyn.com slash Famous Dead People and click on the Support This Show button. Thanks again for listening, and now back to the podcast. Famous Dead People. Welcome back to Famous Dead People on Radio Free Brooklyn. Famous Dead People, the only show that resurrects famous people from the grave and asks all the hard questions. I'm your host, Jared Berenstein, and we're here every Monday at 3 p.m. on Radio Free Brooklyn. My next guest was the first English king of Ireland, the second Tudor monarch. His disagreements with the Pope led to the creation of a whole new religion. King Henry VIII of England is with us here today. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. Um, Now, there are so many um, uh, people out there who will never really understand what it's like to be born into royalty. Your father was the king of England. When you're two years old, you were appointed the constable of Dover Castle and the Lord Warden of the Sink Ports. Right. And that's when you're two. There are like five other appointments that you had when you're two. Do you remember any of these other appointments? You know, I, I don't really remember the appointments mm-hmm. as much. You know, when you're two years old, you kind of forget things. Yeah. Um, I more just remember that I didn't really have any choice about what I was going to be when mm-hmm. I grew up, you know. So you felt that even that as a young age, you felt this, the the stifling power of the crown. Well, yes. It's sort of like, you know, it's it's like if you want to be a baseball player mm-hmm. and your daddy says, no, you're going to be a doctor because I'm a doctor. Mm-hmm. Well, sort of like that, you know. Yeah. Um, I wanted uh, to be a jouster, mm-hmm. you know, our form of the NFL at the time. Okay. And instead, you know, all these people would be like, no, your daddy's the king. You have to be the king. Mm, That's what you do. You have, to, you have to do what your daddy does. And I was like, I want to be a jouster. Mm-hmm. Well, now you were the, uh, the second son of uh, King Henry VII. So there was a sort of time in your life when you were not going to be the king. Oh, everyone knew my brother was going to die. Really? Oh, come on. What were the, because I know that he died when you were 11 of right. sweating sickness. Right. You know, and so, you know, I, it's not, a, it's not yeah. a disease that I'm that familiar with. Uh, you know, but you, but you said people just knew that he was going to die of sweating like, sickness? Oh, yeah. He was just, he was like such a wet baby, <laughs> such a wet child, just mm-hmm. constantly dripping and yeah. sneezing and sweating. It's like, everyone's like, He's going to die. There's no traction. He's going to slip and fall mm-hmm. off of something, and it's going to going to kill him. So even as you are the second male heir, right. you, you're just assuming everyone's assuming that you're going to be taking over. Well, because I was very dry. You were dry boy, right? Okay. My, my brother was, you know, just sweaty, wet. <laughs> Ugh, uber, uber goober. I don't even want to think of him. It's gross. Mm-hmm. So his death makes you heir to the throne. Um, you know, do you have any mixed feelings about that at all? You know, you you suddenly are thrust into this this powerful role that you say you assume that you had already, right? Uh, and then you lose this brother of yours that was very you're saying wet and gross. Yeah. Okay. But then also you are now engaged to his widow, Catherine. Yes. Ugh. 
Yeah. yeah. Were there any positive emotions about any of this experience? I mean, I got to live in a bigger castle. So there's like a smaller castle for this for the for the number yeah the for the number, number two one. son right. But so I had like more space, I guess. But oh mm-hmm. the oh Catherine Catherine mm-hmm. ugh. No, you weren't a fan of Catherine. No, I mean, believe me, uh, physically mm-hmm. gorgeous. Okay. On on a scale of ten to ten. She was a 10. I, uh, I think I'm picking up what you're putting down, mm-hmm. King Henry. I, I believe we're all 10s. But, uh, but you, I mean, thing... is, that like a, is that like a body positivity message? Yeah, you know, it's like mm. everybody is the 10 that they want to be. Oh, that's very positive mm-hmm. of you. But uh, the thing about her was she just always wanted to go to church. Like, mm-hmm. And not just every Sunday. Like every day, she your your first wife Catherine, who you're betrothed to after your brother died of sweating sickness. Yes, wanted to go to church every single every day. Every single. Well, she was day. a very devout woman. That is in the historical record. I mean, yeah, to another guy, mm-hmm. God. Oh, I see. Mm. You know, so like, he is. Uh, she she is maybe now betrothing herself to the Lord our God. I mean, that's what it seemed like. Mm-hmm. You know, I was like, why do you, why are you always wanting to go to God's house. Like, mm-hmm. I've got this big house now, you know, if there's one perk, that's it. Were you willing to give the marriage a shot? I know that there is I mean, a... yeah, sure. I, I, look, I'll try anything three times. <laughs> okay. okay. I'll try anything three thrice. Mm-hmm. So I was willing to give it a shot, but boy, was it tough. Mm-hmm. You know, and like, anytime I'd swear, you know, anytime I'd say a word like, you know, boibles... Mm-hmm. Be like Wibbles was a was uh, a curse word back then. Dreadful word. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's similar now to. Um, am I allowed to curse? Sure, absolutely. Um, shit donkey. Okay, so boible. Boibles is like a shit mm-hmm. donkey. It's Understood. like uh, if you had you know a pet donkey and it were to like fall into a pile of its own excrement. Mm-hmm. Uh, Boibles. Oh, I see. Mm-hmm. So anytime I said that, which I wouldn't say, you know, it was just out of frustration. Mm-hmm. She'd be like, that's going to be 10 Hail Marys, two hours. She would make you do the rosary if you would curse in front of her. Yeah. Oh, wow. That is, it does seem very harsh. I know. Mm-hmm. I mean, but you were the king. You were the, uh, the, the king to be. You were the right. uh, soon to ascend the throne. Did, mm. Was there any power that you had over letting her know what you would and would not do? Um, I mean, I'd say, I'm not, I'm not going to go. Mm-hmm. No. Okay. Not today. All right. I'm staying here. Mm-hmm. I'm going to. I'm going to watch my horses. Okay. You know. Mm-hmm. It'd be like watching your programs nowadays. We didn't really have television, so it'd be sort of like you just go out in the yard and see what the horses did. Mm-hmm. Oh, so uh, an entertaining thing that you guys would do. You just watch your horses. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just watch them go. And, you know, sometimes they graze in the grass. You know, it's like, mm-hmm. what's that? One? Like, what's eating grass? Mm-hmm. What are supposed to eat hay? And sometimes they, you know. And you uh, tell your wife, Catherine, I'm just going to watch my horse today. Yes. And then what would she do? She'd say, no, you're going to church. Mm-hmm. And then I'd say, mm-hmm. and she'd say, that's it, was it. And then we'd go. We'd go to church. Mm, I see. Uh, I can see how that would be frustrating. Yeah. And I mean, it, it sort of illuminates like, um, you know, what happens later in your uh, relationship. But we'll get to that in just a moment. Oh, okay. Um, so your father dies when you're 21 years old, uh, which means that you are now the king of England. Which is a bummer. Like, I was just able to start drinking with him. Mm-hmm. You know? Like, oh, so Daddy. there was there were drinking laws in England back then. For the king, yeah. Oh, so the king was not allowed to drink until he was 21 years old? Correct. That is very similar to a system that we have here in America oh, right yes, now. Yes, oh, yes, yes. Yeah. Where, uh, you know, children are not allowed to drink until they, uh, you know, become 21 years old. That's right. Mm, interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, were there any other special rules that were put on the children of kings that, uh, like, because when I hear that you are in that position of power, mm-hmm. then I, I assume that you have free reign to do whatever you want. You know, much like, uh, you know, Prince Joffrey in the, um, you know, uh, what do you call it? In the um, Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones. Yes, exactly. I mean, good show. Great. I don't know. Good show. Yes. Mm -hmm. That is uh, King Henry VIII of England saying Game of Thrones is just okay. I mean, it's good. No, Mm -hmm. I like, I'm not saying it's just okay. It's good. It's Mm -hmm. just not great. Okay. You know. Mm -hmm. But you don't have that kind of power that I'm talking about. You don't have that complete uh, you know, blank canvas to make any of your wild desires come true. I'm not exactly. No, mm-hmm. I mean you've got a lot of people telling you what to do. You know, like mm-hmm. which hat to wear. Yeah, you know, I don't want to wear a heavy gold hat. I want to wear, you know, like a baseball cap. Mm. Yeah, you, you still know? wanted to be a baseball player. Well, no, I want oh, to, to be a jouster, jouster which is correct. similar. You know, yes. they both carry big sticks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 
Um, yeah, were there any other restrictions on on the the son of the crown? Yeah, they tell you where to sit. Mm-hmm. You know, like I always had to sit in this kind of big, uncomfortable chair. A throne? Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, exactly. And so, you know, you have to sit here, you have to wear that, mm-hmm. you have to listen to this person talking about how the, you know, farmlands are being burnt to a crisp, and you have mm-hmm. to listen to somebody else talking about how, you know... The, the French are coming. The French are coming. Mm, yes. I just put like a candle in the window, <laughs> you know. That does make sense. Mm. I mean, are there things once you get this level of responsibility, once mm. you ascend to the throne, sure. that you're actually excited about doing? Like, are you are you planning on doing anything with this new power that you have? Well, we get to have a lot of feasts. Okay. And people start to listen to your inventions. So, so, I'm sorry, I just want to uh, uh, clarify something. Your inventions? Yes. So, this is something that you have um, uh, inventions that you yes. have made. Sure. And you and no one's listening to you previously. Previously, but then, you mm-hmm. know, once my brother died. And you I became king. And my daddy died. Yeah, now all of a sudden everybody's listening to me. Now all of a sudden, you know, codpiece... Doesn't sound like such a crazy idea. A codpiece was your invention. Yes. King Henry VIII invented the codpiece. I did. Hmm. Interesting. It, it's a, a little pouch mm-hmm. that you uh, can carry around your fish in. And oh. And if you need a little snack, you just reach on down and you have mm. a little fish nibble. That is not the traditional understanding of what a codpiece cod is. Well, I know, I know that now people think it's just to make your private parts look bigger or whatever mm-hmm. but no it was or, actually... or protect them if you're plays if you play sports or anything like that well sure yeah it's a it's a multiple uh it's a multiple function thing you yes. know it was like it was like the cup a baseball player would wear mm-hmm. yes but then also if that baseball player you know got hungry for fish he could just reach down in it and have so, a little snack so your cod piece you would also put it on would... in the underwear the same way that oh yeah oh no it goes there. that's where it goes oh so yeah. there is a similarity there right well it's like a kangaroo has its pouch on its belly mm-hmm. I made my codpiece pouch on my my peen <laughs> and then I could just you know reach in and have a little fish mm-hmm. you know interesting um, were there any other inventions that you had back then oh, that you sure. were eager to tell people about mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah I invented uh, the saddle. Oh, so before there was no uh, uh, way of riding a horse except for bareback. Well, no, there was. There's the other saddle, you know, you which is the one you guys know. You invented a different kind of saddle. I invented. I invented a different kind of saddle. What was different about your saddle? Um, well, first of all, the spelling. Okay. Uh, there were there were three Ds instead of just instead of just two, two Ds. Yeah. Okay, so this is a three D saddle. Mm-hmm. Mm. And uh, what it was was it was sort of this paddle that you would use to sort of move other horses when you're on your horse. You kind of whack them in the butt a little bit. Hmm. So this was a way that you could uh, ride like multiple horses at the same time. Uh, Yes. Interesting. But then what ended up happening was, you know, they took... They took it from me, and they ch- they were like, this sounds too similar to the thing we already have. Mm-hmm. And then they changed the name to Paddle, mm-hmm. took the D out, mm-hmm. and then just put it on a boat. Mm. Well, I mean, I'm sure that you had ample opportunity to make people listen to your other inventions now that you were king. Yeah, I mean, sure. Mm-hmm. Now, I read in your biography that you had a, uh, a few advisors, and I'd like to, if I may, oh, I'd like to read you the names of your advisors, and I want to see if anything uh, stands out to you. down memory lane. Okay. The names of your advisors, yeah. King Henry VIII, were mm-hmm. Thomas Wolsey. Yeah, I like to call him, uh, I like to call him Rosebottom. Rosebottom. All right, well, let's, let's get through this quickly. Oh, sure. All right. Sorry. Yep. As I, I, want to make sure, I want to see if you see anything uh, interesting here. Thomas Wolsey. Hmm. Thomas More. Yeah. Thomas Cromwell. Got it. Thomas Crammer. Mm-hmm. And Richard Rich. Yeah, he had a funny name. All right. <laughs> Do you see what is so weird about that collection of advisors that you have? Uh, I mean, they had weird nicknames. I mean, well, the nicknames were... Well, nick- I, well I mean, I don't... So you've got Tom, mm-hmm. Tommy. Yes. Thomas. Okay. Tomo. All right. And Dickie. Mm-hmm. Am I missing any? No, I just... I, I find or, it weird that everybody in your, in your cabinet is named Tom, except for one guy who's named... Richard oh, you Rich. Think, you think that's weird? It sounds like a made-up name. I mean... I think It makes me think that his name is Thomas something. <sighs> and he was just embarrassed to be another Thomas in your cabinet. It's not that... It's not that weird or unusual to have the same name as somebody. Mm-hmm. But, but there's... So like, but there's four of them. There's one, well, two, three... Oh. I see four Thomases in your cabinet you and four, one Rich. You think four... Right. right. Mm-hmm. We were all rich. We had a lot of money. Well, <sighs> the, but, but if you want to talk about, you know, four, four is nothing. I'm mm-hmm. Henry VIII. That's, you know, that's a really good point. I got, um, 
married to the widow next door. Mm-hmm, Catherine. And, yeah, and she had been married seven times before, and everyone, really? everyone was a Henry. Oh, maybe there was a part of her that thought she was never even going to marry you. She had been married so many times I, in the past. Or maybe, I mean, so many times. she wouldn't take a Willie or a Sam, that's for sure. Now, if you're just joining us, uh, this is Famous Dead People on Radio Free Brooklyn, and we are speaking with former King of England, Henry VIII. Um, I understand that uh, during your reign, you maintained a pretty consistent rivalry, rivalry with uh, Francis I of France yes. and uh, the Holy Roman Emperor Charles V. Uh, yes. what, what was the story behind those rivalries? Why, why, the, um, why the tension between you three? Well, I mean, Charles V, he is the same deal as Catherine, where he was like, no, you do have to go to church. Mm-hmm. You know, and then uh, uh, the other guy, Francis, mm-hmm. Francis from France, Francie, yes. Francie, France, France, France. Francis the first of France. Yeah. Yes. Like, you know, you know, it's not like my name was like Englandy England of England. Mm. Like, what a dumb name. You know? It does seem a little, um, I don't know, uh, alliterative. Alliter- it's repetitive. You know? yeah. yeah. Get over it, you know. Uh but anyway, he told me that he could beat me in a joust, and I said, I don't think so. Oh, so you're jousting at this point. Now you're the king. No one can tell you not to joust. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm doing it, but it's like people are just letting me win, mm-hmm. you know? And that's why I wanted to challenge Francis, is I was like, hey, finally, somebody who's also mm-hmm. a king, like, let's let's go. So, we're hypothetically, you, you are two people who people have only just been losing to you over and over again. Correct. So then what was the joust like between the two of you? Well, it didn't happen. It didn't happen at all? No. How come? Our armies got in the way. Oh, I see. So you would go to joust. Yeah. The uh, you know, the Francis the first of France. Yeah. And then, but you just your armies would protect both of you. I couldn't find him. Oh, I see. People everywhere. I'm like, Mm -hmm. where are you? Is this? I mean, there are so many uh, battles and invasions between England and France and the Holy Roman Empire at Mm. this point. Yeah. Were any of those just you trying to get to? Francis to try to have a regular joust. Certainly. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah, constantly. And, like, my king would be like, well, we're coming with you. Like, we want to mm-hmm. see this. And okay. also, like, be careful, mm-hmm. you know? Like, jeez. I see. Try and go, but... So you have a, a pretty long list of accomplishments uh, from your time on the throne. Uh, I understand you, uh, you know, unlike your predecessors, you sort of... Uh, escalated the abilities of the king you're known mm-hmm. for... Uh, you know, executing more people, accusing a lot of people of treason. Uh, you know, betrayal yeah. was a big thing with you. Yeah. You know, do you have any specific accomplishments that you were proud of from your time on the throne? I mean, well, I'm really proud of the cod piece. Okay. Uh, that I like. Mm-hmm. The, the executions, I just, I feel bad, you know. It's like an accident. Mm-hmm. Or, <laughs> I don't mean to make light of the situation. Literal accident. That's oh, that's a, that's uh, a pretty good wordplay anyway, there. Uh, King Henry VIII. It's fine. Anyway... Mm-hmm. But it's, you know, it's like, you ever say something like, I'm going to kill you. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, you make me so mad I could just, I could just throw you, you know. Mm-hmm. When you're the king, you say something like, ah, I could just cut your head off. People listen. And then and people would happens, do it. And then it happens. Yeah. And it's like, can you not mm. tell when I'm joking, you know? I see. Uh, another, another um, miscommunication at the hands of comedy. We just were hearing yes. this from uh, Nikola yeah, Tesla as well. I, oh, I know. I don't think I don't think I have the comedy gene. No, me. you don't have that? No interest whatsoever? No, I lie. I'm interested in it. I just think I'm good, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, sure, I definitely slay. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's another good uh, wordplay. Oh, yeah, I don't think you're giving yourself enough credit comedy-wise. Well, but then it becomes real, and then mm-hmm. that's not really funny, is it? No, that's People true. People don't laugh when they're dead. That is a really good point. Yeah. Uh, now, I would be remiss if we did not uh, talk about your many relationships that you had while you were king. Uh, uh, it's one of the things that you're most well-remembered for. Yeah. It seems as though, and you tell me if you think this is a fair assessment or not, okay. that you had a very fluid idea of what it meant to be monogamous, but also you seem to ha- have a lack of empathy for other people. Uh-huh. You know, Do you think it's a fair assessment? I would say it's an affair assessment there you go with that wordplay this, yeah. you actually have kind of a gift for that um, do i yeah um you know so glasses didn't exist back then glasses right okay so yeah, i was pretty hard of sight mm-hmm. and uh you know, occasionally i would like be like oh that's my wife over there and someone would be like that's that is not i'm sorry king Henry the eighth are you saying that your many affairs and many wives were simply because you didn't have corrective eyewear to see which woman you were about to make love to? That, well, maybe not that far, but that was part of it, sure. Really? Yeah. And mm. then, 
And then just the fact that I I couldn't figure out how to have a baby. Mm, yes, you did have a little bit of trouble, um, yeah. you know, conceiving a, an heir to the how throne. Do you, how, how do you do it? How how do you do it? How do I have a baby? Well, you know, I, I'm I'm sorry, King Henry VIII. You asking me how sex works? I I don't know. I'm asking how I have a baby. Uh, let's move on. Uh, so okay. you're married to your brother's widow, Catherine, um, but you're having an affair with her handmaiden, Mary Boylan. Right. And you start trying to have your marriage annulled. Um, and the reason that you're doing this is because you, you can't produce a male heir with Catherine. I don't want to go to church anymore. Yes. That's another reason you don't want to go to church anymore. Um, you know, you then separate the Church of England from the Pope. Yeah, I thought that. So you can annul your own marriage. Yeah. And right. stop going to church. Boom. Mm. There's an invention. It's almost as good as the codpiece. Mm, almost. No snack, but... Mm-hmm. What is uh, you know you being the now the head of the of the Church of England uh-huh. in addition to being the King of England? Sure, you can annul your marriage, and I did, and then you did, and, and I then did, and but you didn't marry Mary Boylan. No, you married well, again, her younger sister Anne Boylan. Okay, look, that seems like a little bit of a, a dick move. If you if you forgive my language, I don't think so. I mean, think, there's just so many times you can have a word in a place, right? Mm-hmm. So Francis from France. Yes. Ugh. Okay. I married Mary. Like, what, so, am I just going to turn into a Mary, Mary, Mary King, Mary King? Mary, so you had Mary no problem Christmas. having an affair with Mary because yeah. her name was not well, Affair. Not, you're right, exactly. All right, but you wouldn't marry Mary just because of that. No, it's too much. I had no idea that just these linguistic devices were so firmly etched in your brain. Like, have, you've been very good with the wordplay, but it's also affected, like, who you go to war with and who you marry. Have you heard of the King's English? I have heard of the King's okay. English. Okay. Is that where that comes from? Yeah. Oh, fascinating. There you go. So, and, yeah, and, though... <laughs> Boy, on a scale of 10 to 10. She was a 10? Yeah. Mm. So is Mary. Mm. But we're all, we're all 10s according to you, correct? Oh, yeah, we are. <laughs> so, um, for once again, for those of you who are just joining us, we're this is Famous Dead People, and we are speaking with former King of England, Henry VIII. Um, so you marry Anne Boylan, mm-hmm. uh, and then four years later, your first wife, Catherine, dies. You're pronouncing dies. it wrong. It's, it's not Boylan? No. How, how do you pronounce it? Boylan. Boylan. <laughs> I've heard people sorry, say, I've say, heard people say, Boalan. Boalan? Boalan. Boalan. What is, can you listen? I'm listening. Bo-la-lan. Am I not doing what you're doing? No. Boalan. 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 Like that? Boalan. Um, let's move on. Okay. Uh, so you marry Anne Boalan. Boalan. And uh, four years later, your first wife, Catherine, dies. Mm. And I want to ask you about this because when she dies, you order everyone in your kingdom to be happy about her death. Mm-hmm. You call for, quote, public displays of joys regarding her death. Yeah. I say again, King Henry VIII, is that not a dick move? Uh, I think it's really nice. I'm t- helping people to be happy? Mm-hmm. That's great. But specifically about your ex-wife's death? You know, you can feel any way about anything. Mm-hmm. Like, you show one person an apple, and they go, an apple, gross. You show... Another person, Apple, they say, ooh, an Apple, yay. So mm-hmm. it's all about what you do. You know, words yeah. are kind of like spells. Couldn't you, couldn't you have instructed everybody in your kingdom to, to mourn the loss of your ex-wife, but also realize how many happy things there are left in the world? No. I said, <laughs> what you have to do is you have to, you have to say, Amberlynn is dead. Oh, mm-hmm. no, wait, sorry. <laughs> I, uh, you have to say, Catherine your is very, dead. first wife is Catherine. All right. I was thinking mm-hmm. of Anne Boylan. <laughs> such a 10. Anyway, you, uh, you, uh, I would say, hey, Catherine's dead. Everybody raise your hands above your head mm-hmm. and smile real big and go, ah. And okay. then I'd be like, don't you feel happy? Mm-hmm. And they did. Oh. Well, I mean, I'm sure that it probably had a positive effect overall. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. There's an amazing amount of joy mm-hmm. to see in the streets, you know. Now, uh, things take a little bit of a turn in your marriage to Anne Borland, uh, and you have her executed for treason, adultery, and incest. Mm. Um, and historians have suggested that this is so that you can marry your third wife, Jane Seymour. Mm-hmm. Uh, but and and so I ask King Henry VIII: right. Is that the case? Did you execute your second wife and second Boylan in order to marry Jane Seymour? Uh, yes. You did. I did. You admit that. I admit it. Even I though did. you're the head, you're, you're the <sighs> king of the Church of England, you yes. could have annulled that marriage. I, you know, I wasn't thinking clearly. Again, mm-hmm. it was one of those situations of like, I'm going to cut your head off and, mm-hmm. and, and did. And then I was like, oh, well, guess I'll marry Jane Seymour. And mm-hmm. I mean, as you could expect, I had to 
get rid of her too because well jane seymour um actually died after the birth of your son so were you were you planning on executing jane seymour yes i was because Mm. i don't want to see more (laughs) seymour you know so now i understand um you know you were an author you know this is one of the many skills that you had Mm -hmm. did the things that you wrote employ this much uh wordplay and pun Yes, mm-hmm. absolutely. They, you know, I had editors, so I never got to see the final mm-hmm. revisions. But okay, oh boy, it was a, a ton. It was a. Ton so you're of saying puns. that if we go into the historical record, yes. we go to a Barnes and Noble, right. and we look for something that you scribed, right, that and mean, there were no puns in it, you say that is because of your editors. Yes, because if, if it was, I mean, if it was the original version, it would all be puns and rhymes. Mm-hmm. I see the original. Uh, autobiography i did was called look at the book you took look at the book you took mm-hmm. by king henry the eighth look yes. at the book you took and then under it it said don't be a crook don't be a crook because yeah, they want them to pay for the what book. was the what was the plot of look at the book you took don't be a crook um well it's it mostly about uh you know a young boy who all he wanted to do was ride on a horseback and hit things with sticks mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden his wet brother got in his way and he <laughs> slipped and he fell off his horse and landed mm-hmm. in an uncomfortable chair with a big thick hat mm-hmm. you know it's an allegory for what you experienced. Yeah, semi-autobiographical. Mm-hmm. There's way more rhymes and puns. You yes, know? I understand. It's hard to just come up with them on the fly. Right, it's like he's on his horse, of course. No, no, I could do it. I could oh, come yeah. up with puns <laughs> on the fly if you want, sure. No, I, I know you can. Um, um, now, I don't want to harp on your relationships too much, but, you know, you're, uh, your wife, Jane Seymour, dies after the birth of, birth of your son. Right. You then marry Anne of Cleves, who you divorce. Right. Well, and you then, can imagine why, right? Um it's something to do with her name being Anne of Cleves. Right. Too much cleavage. Too much, cle- <laughs> too much cleavage. You then marry Catherine Howard. Right. Who you execute for having an affair. Right. With someone named Howard. So you would not have had a problem if she had had an affair with anybody else. I mean, look, be- I've, I've slept with a lot of people, right? Yes, that but is. Not, I, mean- I have not slept with a single person named Henry or who was the eighth of? Something. So there were no women named like Henrietta or nope. or uh, Stephanie the eighth or anything like that. Nope. No. No. Never an eighth or a Henry. Okay. I mean, I can respect that. Yeah. You know, and you 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 expect the women that you sleep to have the same respect. Yes. And not and not sex with somebody who has their name. Well, I made it a, a law. You made it a, a yes. A I law. said, uh, if you love someone and they have a name, let it be known that it's not the same. That is, and that rhymes. Exactly. You have a real gift for this, King that's, Henry VIII. That's my thing, man. I find it amazing that as a child you were so obsessed with being a jouster when mm-hmm. I think really your, your gift was, was for, the, for the written word. I mean, thanks. <laughs> you know, like you can kind of do both. You know, mm-hmm. I think of the, the writing stuff as more of a hobby. Okay. You know, whereas the jousting could have been a great profession. Now, I, I just want to uh, finish up here by asking about your last wife. You know, Catherine Howard, of course, you execute mm-hmm. for having an affair. You then marry Catherine Parr, uh, who right. you did not kill. Correct. You did not divorce. Yeah. E- you don't do anything negative to her until you die. Right. You know, is that, I have to ask you, were you planning on divorcing her? Were you planning on executing her? You know, was there anything wrong with Catherine Parr and you wanted to move on to a next I mean, wife? No, I, at that point, I was just kind of like, I'll settle. Like, she was really kind of just par for the course you know and that's oh, just sort of king like, henry the eighth further or, mm-hmm. you know i was like eh, i might as well just settle so uh understood nothing great nothing bad definite 10 mm-hmm. um any regrets from your time as the uh as the king of england you know you had a a relatively short reign you died you know in your 50s you know you had six wives mm-hmm. two of whom you beheaded two of whom you divorced right um and you were able to increase the power of the king. You, you invented the idea of the divine rights of king, that, that your power was given you by God. Any regrets right. from, what, from that time? Yeah, I mean, I guess I wish I had uh, found that Francis Fodger. And, uh, Francis the first of France. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wish I'd caught him. And then also I wish I'd like realized what all this stuff I did meant, you know? Mm-hmm. I, I could have been just a jouster but i guess that's the, the problem is then you don't find anybody that wants to fight you yeah and i mean hindsight is twenty twenty, your highness yeah well i have bad hindsight because i have bad sight in general <laughs> i see right. uh well that is all for this week's episode of famous dead people i like to thank my guests nikola tesla yes thank you and uh king henry the eighth of england oh, thanks for having me uh for both joining us in the studio today i have one final question for both of you i know it's a little bit weird 
Uh, but I'd like to end every show by asking my guests if they'd like to plug a comedy show or a funny Twitter account or anything like that. I know it's a weird thing to ask, but, you know, mm-hmm. uh, Nikola Tesla, do you have any uh, comedy shows or plugs that you'd like to give? Um, yes, of course. Um, having invented uh, electricity, mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> I would like to say to, I don't know, follow, <laughs> either follow at John Bander or um, follow at alt-right <laughs> current. And that's... Um, that is an unfortunate name for your for that Twitter account. Yes, well, I, I just, you know, I... I I talk about not only alternating current, but also about Pepe and a um, bunch of cucks out there. <laughs> so, And uh, King Henry VIII, any shows or uh, Twitter accounts or anything that you like to plug? Uh, there's this great uh, open mic that's run by my friend Mike. Mm-hmm. And a really great stand-up Jesus. show that you have to stand up for, mm-hmm. and a great sketch comedy show anything, where people draw sketches. Anything more specific that isn't just wordplay? Nope. Nope. <laughs> All right. Well, if you have any questions that you'd like to ask your favorite dead person, please email that to us at famousdeadpeopleshow at gmail dot com. We'll try to have them on as soon as we can. We're here every Monday at three p.m. on Radio Free Brooklyn. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next week. Famous dead people. Famous dead people. Famous dead people.